This is Hustling the African Dream, a podcast about innovative young Africans and their hustles. I'm your host, Sylvia A. This time, let's begin on the dusty felt in South Africa about 250 years ago in the place that today is Johannesburg. Back then, there was no trace of what today is a sprawling metropolis. The sky was probably bright, bright blue. A gentle, warm wind was blowing and the sun was beating down like it often does here. The weather then was more or less like it is today when a man named Jan Gerrit Bankies was working the soil on his farm. But everything else is different mostly because of what happened next. Amongst the reddish-brown rocks, Jan discovered another kind of rock, the glittering kind, gold. A simple mineral that would create complex problems. Johannesburg, or Joburg, or Jersey, if you're local, is often referred to as the City of Gold. The discovery of gold in the Witwatersrand region led to a gold rush that completely transformed the country's economy. Before the arrival of Europeans, South Africa's economy was dominated by subsistence agriculture and hunting. But with Banki's discovery, South Africa becomes the largest producer of gold in the world and the economy booms. For most people in South Africa, however, all that glittered was not gold. The discovery of the country's mineral wealth accelerated and entrenched the development of a racist system that eventually became known as apartheid. At the heart of apartheid was the question of land. Who could own it? Who would benefit from what would grow and be dug up from the ground? Well, before apartheid, land was expropriated from indigenous people and the result was a deeply unequal society where land ownership was defined by race and gender. Three decades after the fall of apartheid, the country is yet to untangle the knots of the past. It's complicated. Land and who owns it? It's a defining question in South Africa. Land reform is one of the thorniest issues confronting South Africa. South Africa could start taking away white-owned land without compensation and giving that land back to black farmers. Now, land reform is a hot topic across South Africa. People of South Africa, of all races, are working together to find a solution to this historic challenge. There is an injustice in our country which lies at the heart of the land question. We will ensure that more black South Africans are able to own land. This isn't just a question that is debated by politicians. It is deeply felt by all South Africans, but not least by today's young female landowners who are attempting to extract wealth from the soil in a different manner. Farming. In the last episode, we spoke with Leona about the ambitious and enterprising entrepreneurs in Zimbabwe who are navigating a complicated currency and economy. 
In this one, we're going to meet young women who have to navigate issues like gender and race to make a living. One of them is Snetemba Masinga. I think the issue of land is the first issue for me. I won't lie, it's, it's a very difficult industry. It, it's, um, it's male-dominated, it's white-dominated. Definitely. Um, and honestly, you know, as a young Black woman, you are always told that there are a lot of opportunities for you in this industry, but most of us don't see them. Sinetemba lives in Dwendwe, a rural village about 60 kilometers north of Durban on the east coast of South Africa. At the age of 15, she became the director of her family business. She is a farmer and only 23 years old. Some of her daily struggles, and we'll get back to them in a moment, are largely defined by events that took place many years ago. For example, the 1913 Natives Land Act, which legalized land dispossession that had been going on since colonialism. This land act saw countless black families forcibly removed from their land. African land ownership was limited to 7%. This was later amended through the Native Trust and Land Act of 1936, which revised African land ownership to 13%. Under the apartheid regime, 85% of land was reserved for white people who only made up about 17% of the overall population. The white minority had ownership of most land in South Africa. Despite policies to restore dispossessed land rights, this reality is still very much alive in South Africa today. According to a 2017 government audit, 72% of farm and agricultural land is still held by white people who only make up about 8% of the entire population, while only 4% is held by black people who account for a staggering 81% of the population. Despite these horrific statistics, there are young people out there hustling to work the land they do have and using whatever they have available to them to make the land work for them. I think that agriculture speaks potential, it speaks hope, it means creating employment opportunities for people who are struggling to find work. This is Sabelo Mpisi one of the MasterCard Foundation Scholars Program alumni behind this podcast. Sabelo is a talented young African from South Africa. And for this episode, he spent time in rural KwaZulu-Natal speaking to young female farmers. What became clear to him is that although agriculture has massive potential for livelihoods, there are major challenges and obstacles facing young people attempting to make a living off the land, especially if you're female. It was an issue precisely because land use and land ownership is dominated by masculinity in a sense that when, say, in a family, a family, the grandkids, one of them is a male, a male who's not even interested in agriculture. And then maybe, say, five of the grandkids are all female, right? And they're all interested in agriculture. 
Now, the grandparents, instead of giving land to the, 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 the female uh, children who are interested in agriculture, they won't, they, they, won't give it, they won't give the land to them, but they'll give it to the male. Because traditionally, whatever that means, it is believed that land must be given to a male um, predecessor, right? Sabelo goes on to explain that agriculture is one of the most powerful tools to end extreme poverty, boost shared prosperity and feed a nation. The World Bank estimates that growth in the agricultural sector is two to four times more effective in raising incomes for the poorest in a community. Agriculture is also essential to economic growth. And in some developing countries, it can account for more than 25% of GDP. In Southern Africa, 70% of the rural population depends on agriculture for their livelihoods. Besides changing weather conditions, inflation and all the other factors that farmers everywhere must deal with, they also need to contend with racial as well as gendered bias in land ownership. Historically, farming has been regarded as the work of men. However, a growing number of women have entered the agricultural space. Women account for 60 to 80% of all smallholder farmers, yet they only make up about 15 to 20% of landowners in sub-Saharan Africa. Lundiwe Tibori is one of them. She's a dynamic agriculturalist who farms animals like goats and food like spinach. Lundiwe was raised by her aunt, who was working as a domestic worker. Lundiwe's journey into farming began when her aunt asked her employers for a job for her niece. I asked her if I could work in the garden where she was working. That was when I was in grade nine. So she spoke to her employer and the lady agreed. It wasn't easy, but um, you know, when you know what you want, you just have to make it work. So I worked, <laughs> I worked, uh, even though the boss told me that I'm too young. I need to buy my own stationery. Mm. I need my own uniform. I need, mm. you know, I need to pay school fees because I need to help my aunt. Um, so she agreed, okay. but she wasn't happy, but she agreed. And we agreed on working from 8 to 12 because mm. I'm young. And I was rich at that time because my my, my wage was 70 rand a day. Oh so it was too much. <laughs> <laughs> I managed to buy my own stationery. Um, I paid my own school fees mm -hmm. through high school. Mm -hmm. uh, uniform. I, I was very responsible <laughs> at a very young age. When Londiwe finished school, her employer offered to pay for her studies. She decided to study marketing management. And after just two semesters, Londiwe was awarded a bursary. Then I finished. I did my in-serve. Uh, but I couldn't find... Um, Employment, mm -hmm. especially through marketing. marketing. In particular. Yes. yes. I worked there and there. Mm -hmm. And then I still liked farming. So I wanted to do something on my own. Then mm -hmm. I found a job. I worked at the hardware. I saved money, bought a piece of land. But that's not the whole story. A woman buying a piece of land in a rural community in South Africa is not as simple as signing a deed of sale and handing over some money. Of course, it's complicated. Culture is very rigid and it, it plays a very <clears throat> intersectional role with gender. Yeah. 
in the sense that whenever one inherits land, usually yes. given to the yes. male yes. sex yes. or the male species. Mm. I think even buying it, because I do think that when you want to buy land as a female, they will ask questions. Ask questions. Yes. Uh, what do you want to do with land? Londiwe, a passionate farmer who studied marketing, was not protected from the male-dominated land system that is so ingrained in society. The piece of land I wanted was 15,000 rand, which I didn't have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I went to Induna. Or the tribal councillor. Tribal authorities like the Induna hold tribal land in trust, and it is the Induna who have the final say in their territory. I approached him. Yeah, I'm a, pep- I'm a people's person. So, yeah. I spoke to him. He said, uh, but you are a woman and you are young. <laughs> I said to him, but I have a son. So I need a piece of land for him. Then, yeah, he finally agreed <laughs> to sell me. <laughs> mm. And then he said, okay, here's the banking details, go pay. Londiwe navigated the skepticism towards her as a woman farmer by using her son as an alibi. Not exactly fair, but she made a plan. And then she began farming. Well, not exactly. She still had to raise the 15,000 rand to pay for the land, but she didn't have that much money up front and paying in installments was not allowed by the Induna. But I convinced him. I don't know how, but I did it. And I paid in three installments. (laughs) Yeah, and then I got the land. Londiwe's desire to acquire land was met with skepticism based solely on the fact that she's a woman. She understood this and came up with the idea of saying the land was for her son. Only after all that was she ready to sow her crops. And this was when her mind returned to her teenage years working her employer's garden. She had beautiful spinach, mm. cabbages and all that. Mm. Um, so I said to myself, maybe I can start planting spinach, vegetables. I started with spinach. I couldn't do fruits mm-hmm. because they talk, they take longer to grow. So when I bought my land, I planted spinach. But Londiwe would soon learn that there's more to farming than owning land and growing crops. She was about to discover the farming equivalent to the famous fallacy, if you build it, they will come. Turns out growing spinach will not necessarily attract a crowd. My spinach is grown, but I have no customers. Mm. Uh, people come, or passing, people who are passing, hey, can I get a bunch of spinach? And then I said, okay, 10 rand. At this point, she was hustling two jobs. One as a farmer, growing and selling spinach, and one as a corporate blue-collar salesperson. There's pick and pay next to where I work. I went there, I said, where do you buy your spinach? And they told me from this guy and sometimes from a distribution center. Pick and Pay is a large chain of South African supermarkets. And when Londiwe realized there was an opportunity, she was quick to act and blurted out, I have spinach. Please buy it from me. Let's work Oh, okay. And how much? I don't know. We can negotiate. Mm. Okay, bring us a sample. I brought a sample. The next day, they ordered 40, 40 bunches of spinach. And they said, bring us 40 a week. And I was excited. I approached another pick and pay close by. And they also started ordering. Now I'm working my nine to five. 
and I'm doing and my farming on the side now I don't have time because uh, with pick and pay they will just call hey, it's finished we need more mm. as in now yabo and ngisem sebenzini ngizophuma kanjani can mm. I take my lunch break early? Hey, yeah, humble but you inform spinach quickly then I go deliver. Mm. This is not working for me. I can't have a 9 to 5 and push in the Miami farming on the side. Mm. So I need to decide am I following my dream or am I working for this guy? From not being able to sell her spinach, suddenly Londiwe had the opposite problem. She was selling too much spinach to manage both her farming and her day job. So, she decided to take a risk and follow her dream, and she resigned. In a country where having a steady job is considered out of reach for many young people, quitting one to focus on a side hustle, that was risky, especially because Londiwe had lots of courage, but she lacked something else. The problem yeah, me kwaguguti. I didn't have experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. There was a huge difference between helping out in a garden as a teenager and making a viable agricultural business. She needed to understand how to farm on a bigger scale. How to care for her crops, what kind of tools, pesticides and fertilizers to use. So I asked around and I got an advisor from agriculture who helped a lot to buy this you need to do this you need to do soil testing first if you're going to do this uh, professionally um yeah so mm-hmm. and um i got more customers i advertised through social media while south africa is far from resolving the bigger question of land Londiwe has made strides in solving it for herself. She's forged her own path and negotiated a tricky landscape, all the while outsmarting a discriminatory and gendered land ownership system. She's extracted value from the land and been able to provide for herself, her family and the community. Unlike the farmer striking gold on the high felt, changing the country forever, Londiwe is changing lives on a much more sustainable scale, one bunch of spinach at a time. Agriculture is literally like the foundation of all other industries. Remember Sinetemba from the top of the episode? She's another female farmer who has smashed through gender stereotypes. Like Londiwe, Sinetemba's love for farming began when she was very young. I grew up around it. My grandfather was a farmer and my mother took that passion. And then um, and I grew up surrounded by these people that were passionate about the soil. Um, I actually don't remember my parents saying they go, they're going to work unless they were actually going to the farm and working there. So it's been our way of life for years, for years. Sinetemba had farming in her blood, but it wasn't until an organization came to her school to educate the students about business and entrepreneurship that she developed farming ambitions of her own. But when she did, 
she knew she had found a calling. And I came back home running this one day and I told my friends, I was like, I want to be a farmer. Mm. And I want to be invested into the family business. Like, I want to be involved in the family business. And I started there and they trusted me with the business. Um, I became a director at VT. She studied biochemistry and microbiology at the University of KwaZulu-Natal for a while, but dropped out to follow her passion. But what she learned while attending university has been put to use. Sinetemba soon took responsibility for turning around the family business. I respect and understood every decision that they had to make in order to keep the business afloat. But I had to make a, a lot of changes like rebranding, getting access to formal market, you know, things like that. Because um, I remember when I came back home, even they were still doing um, crops like yams, which could take six months to grow to grow oh and, and harvest. But that's a long time if this is what you depend on for income. But her new methods and insights weren't immediately accepted by her family who had been farmers all their lives. Sinetemba had to find a way to introduce modern techniques and still respect traditional farming cultures and mindsets. It, it was very difficult to make them understand because they, they were used to this certain way of doing things and certain way of planting. And now I just had to do a lot of research and get mentors and experienced people in the field to help me make them understand, share the skills and knowledge with them and make them see, see we have to change to this type of operation in order to grow and scale up the business. Like all farmers, Sinetemba has had to adapt to the future. Innovation is a matter of survival. And yet, as a black female farmer in South Africa, she keeps coming back to the biggest challenge of all, land. I think the issue of land is the first issue for me because mm. right now I'm operating on uh, someone's land it's it's I have a lease with them. However, my grandfather did leave land for me, mm-hmm. um, but we can't operate there because the land is not fully fenced. You know, it's okay. not secure. It does have a water source, but it needs a lot of capital. You know, in order for it to to start being operational. So I think the land issue is is it's it's difficult because even for me, I. The land that my grandfather left me, it's two hectares. But when I look at the quantity that uh, the market requires for me, it requires bigger land, you know, for to, to meet the demand. After getting to know Sinetemba and Londiwe, Sabelo reflects on why, even in this day and age, land is still such an issue for them. I'm not sure what is the crux of all the, 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 the gender dynamic, but I thought it goes back to the past where the systems that the forebearers or ancestors laid are very much present. But I do think that it boils down to the past and the systems that our grandparents or ancestors you know, laid down and they still find their way back into the cracks even now. Although society is evolving and has been evolving, but it's really difficult for the female sex to inherit land and use it because of the past.
like the farmer striking gold, thus changing the direction of the country, South Africa has been shaped by momentous events. Ask almost anybody in the world, and they will know how Nelson Mandela went from prisoner to president and international icon. Maybe because of that, sometimes South Africans expect change to be sudden and momentous, like resolving the question of land. And while that needs to happen, maybe it is time to acknowledge people like Snetemba and Londiwe, who slowly but surely have begun making a life out of the land that is so difficult to access for women of color. When we consider what they're doing with such a small proportion of the land, imagine what South Africa would look like if women like them owned more of the land and were encouraged to farm it. My name is Sylvia A, and you're listening to Hustling the African Dream. This podcast was produced by Telltale Media and the Human Sciences Research Council in partnership with the MasterCard Foundation. For more awesome content like this, please hit the subscribe button wherever you listen to your podcasts and you'll be notified whenever new episodes are released. Lastly, if you're enjoying this series, leave us a rating or review. We'd love to hear from you. Next time on Hustling the African Dream... I remember when I came back from the Eastern Cape, I went into my neighborhood in Kailicha. And I felt like I was going to have a panic attack because there were so many people in the streets. And I've just been in the Eastern Cape for the past three months and it's just, it's just fast and it's airy. And then I got to Kailicha and it was packed and it was loud and it was hot. And I was like, oh my goodness. This episode contains clips or references from the following sources. Fergal Keane, BBC Africa. Dr. Sizwe Mpofu-Walsh, founder of the Sizwe Mpofu-Walsh Experience. Kieran Moodley, Channel 4 News, VOA Africa. Take a look at the show notes for links and more details.